You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast. Welcome back, everybody. This is episode 239 of the Black Eagles podcast. I am, of course, your, your host, the one and only Sinan Sporting, live from a sweltering New York City. That heat wave that you guys over in Europe had uh, has reached us over here. And, of course, Things are getting pretty hot over at Besiktas as well, as they tend to at this time of year. People calling for heads left and right, um, calling for system changes and uh, scrapping of plans and all kinds of requests being made. But to, to handle it all, I brought with me everyone's favorite co-host. I can say that officially now because the others are... MIA. Uh, with us today is the one and only Come on, it. How you doing, sir? I'm alright, mate. Oh, what the top? I just sound a little Scottish now. I've been doing too many uh, Scottish tours lately. <laughs> <laughs> For the Rangers, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, no, I, the heat wave, we're getting one too, man. Oh, we're still, getting, you're still in the middle what? of that. Oops, we, we're getting a new one. Uh, we, um, yeah, this is kind of supposed to be uh, 30 plus degrees this week uh, every day, I think. So I'm not looking forward to it. I didn't didn't feel much of, of it today, honestly. Like the, the house has been pretty cool, but uh, if I can call it that. But uh, yeah, I'm not looking forward to the next couple of days. Supposedly a heat wave coming on, so yeah, yeah might be sweltering here too. Uh, and and so the weather metaphor extends to Belgium this week because, like I said, right, things are are, are reaching a boiling point over at Besiktas, which is quite strange considering uh, we have yet to close the transfer window. We've played one match, and we have come out of it victorious spoiler alert we're obviously going to talk about that a little bit today uh, but we might as well get into that part because i think everyone's probably aware of uh, of that much by now um but so yeah what should we do first con should we should we talk about the match and then the sort of existential crisis or yeah i guess so let's do that so all right so without having to go too far into it like i said i'm sure everyone is aware this was a a huge match i certainly was uh anticipating it so yeah uh a a huge match at home which is nice it's always nice to start the season at home at vodafone park against kai city sport and now before well excuse me before i talk about the match itself and i hand the mic over to yukon to get your your take on what you thought going into it I'll give a little historical precedent. Uh, last season, 
it's probably worth noting. We split the series with Kaiser. We each won one of them. And interestingly, we we each won on the road. So we beat them in Kaiser, and then they came back and beat us in Istanbul. Or actually, vice versa. Uh, we, we beat them in the second half of the season. Um, so being at home might not have been an advantage <laughs> on paper in that sense. Uh, although historically, we have an advantage over Kaiser, of course. As we do over to thread every club in Turkey, with a couple of exceptions. Um, so yeah, Khan, like, what were your thoughts going into this match? Well, um, more importantly, they also knocked us out of the cup. That's uh, right, they remember. sure did. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, Kayseri did have a transfer ban, so they weren't able to uh, bring in any new players this summer. But they uh, they still had a decent enough squad, kept most of their their team together, and uh, they were a team that were in the, the, the Turkish Cup final not, uh, not like just two months ago. Um, so is Bertolacci not new? How did they I think get... they got him? I, I think Bertolacci came in, um, in 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 the January window. Ah, uh, joined them from from Fatih Karagümrük, I think, right? Uh, and yep, you're yeah, exactly right. Yeah, he played 15 and, matches uh, last season. And yeah, with Chadash Atan, of course, you know, a coach that knows Bishkek very well. Um, I was very confident going into the game, though. I, I think our preseason, contrary to what most people think, um, was pretty good. Um, but uh, I guess I was a little overconfident and kind of overestimated our midfield predominantly, I think, because uh, I do think that uh, the main issue was that, that we were not able to break Kaiser down as much as we probably would have wanted is is um yeah was was probably our midfields uh with Kartal and Sali Uchan and Getson playing there of course uh, with Joseph going down with an injury and being out for a while that was a big blow for us he's an important player but yeah of course you know the big the big uh, elephant in the room is uh, Emirhan fucking off to Torino uh, very unexpectedly and that kind of left us scrambling um, I still thought that Sali, Kartal and, uh, and Getson could cover it though but then Kartal got kind of played out of position you know he's played the last uh, one and a half seasons on loan and Umbrane being very important for them last season uh, when they won promotion but he always played there in, uh, in, in the deeper playmaker role at you know the sixth position so to speak uh, and this time um, Sali was playing more in that role I kind of you know, people unanimously seem to agree that that was probably a, a mistake if Kathal should have been played deeper mm. having the game more in front of him um, with Sali a little bit more advanced um, but all in all, you know, at the end of the day, we did win. I think it was a deserved win, but it was uh, by the skin of our teeth, and uh, it wasn't the easy win that uh, I think we would have all hoped for. Yeah. But uh, at the end of the day, the only thing that really matters is that you start off the season on a positive note with three points. Um, there's a lot to digest and take away from the game, and uh, definitely uh, in terms of implications of what we still need. But, uh, you know, we, we got the three points, and that's important. Now it's off to Alanya next week, which will be a tough away game. One little asterisk to the point about Kayseri Sport having a transfer ban is that they were allowed to bring in a number of guys, I guess maybe on free transfers, right? Because their keeper, Bilal Bayazit, they, they replaced their starter who went to Fener with uh, Lionel Carroll, a guy many will recognize, and he's been in the Super League for a while, but he's brought in. Their number 10, Miguel Cardoso, came from 
by some Portuguese guy, but he came from Russia on a free. So they did bring in a number of guys. I don't know how the transfer ban works. Maybe they're not allowed to spend, you know, maybe it was a financial one of some sort. But, like, the, the reason I, br I bring this up is because, like, in our group chat, a number of people within 20 minutes of the match were calling for Valerian Ismail's head because we weren't winning yet. Uh, and then, like, throughout the match, that, you know, that was happening. Uh, and then I mentioned that Gladstone was playing quite poorly. In fact, they've played worse all overall. And, and like, un of course, Antalya is a better side at home and all that, in theory. But, like, people were like, ah, but, you know, you'd expect Antalya to be better because, you know, Kaiser had a transfer ban and all this. With that said, I think you could argue that Kaiser brought more talent to their starting 11 than Antalya did in the offseason. So... I don't know where like the excuse starts uh, for Okan Buruk and uh, ends with Valeria Ismail. I think I, my I, point I, is I, actually, I would argue that nobody should be calling for the head of anyone after 20 minutes of a match, regardless. Uh, but yes. That, I mean, maybe that's it. That's like full stop, right? Um, but I, I don't. I also don't think it's really on 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 the coach here. It's. Uh, I think we do lack something right now that we were always thinking we'd have with 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 Emirhan in midfield uh Rashid Ghazal was very uninvolved um Kayseri of course um uh, they weren't pressing high as we both were you know as we were watching the game we, we pointed out like that okay they're not pressing early but as soon as you know we come near the middle midway line that's when they start their double press yep. um and, and 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 it was very difficult for Gezal to get on the ball in the offensive third. Um, Wechos was isolated for most of the first half. There were a couple of moments though where we definitely could have scored. There was a, um, a cross in for Masuaku that uh, Kartal uh, came to the end of. But yeah, and we'll, we'll, we'll go over, yeah, we'll go over all that. But um, like, I, and I think it's important to note as well that we were not only the superior side like statistically and all of that and, and had a lot of great opportunities I think when you when you really like watch the game you go over the highlights and everything but where we lacked specifically in the center of the midfield we didn't just lack like the, the three guys out there weren't ideal like who else would you be playing right we literally had not a single other option on the bench because Joseph is out which you can't account for right uh, because Atiba is out still, which is a little mysterious because I don't, I haven't heard anything officially announced. But you know, so we have, of course, because Emirhan just like bounced at exactly the wrong time, right? You know, like so, yeah. like we just literally lost three dudes in the last couple of weeks due to injury or mystery. Um, you know, to to deplete exactly that part of the field where we, as you mentioned, lacked for this match. So. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I guess I'm just piggybacking on what you're saying, right? Like, there's not much that could be done with that roster. But with that said, it's good to see Kartal Kyra playing, right? Like, we want to see these kids getting experience. And even if they're slightly out of position, and, and you're right, like, that could be a knock on on Valerian's mouth. Still, right? Like, that's the right kind of mistake to make. At least it's a kid playing, which is something we've long struggled with. <laughs> um, but anyway... Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but like, yeah, we'll talk about all the match 
moments, I guess. Shall we, shall we dive into that? Sure. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so right out of the gate, and I thought I wanted to make note of this because this is something you sort of made note of in the previous episode. Veghorst, trust the keeper. Like, I don't know if you saw this. The first play, like, they, they got, they passed it back to the keeper, and Veghorst pressed, and uh, he enforced a goal kick <laughs> right out of the gate. So that's exactly, you know, you like to see, you like to see the pressing, and you like to see Veghorst putting in all that effort. Oh, should we talk about the lineups? I guess we've sort of already done it, right? Uh, if we could quickly go over it, right? Like exceeding goal, Masulaka left back, Rosier right back, uh, Sai starting in the middle uh, of the defense with Nedjib. Exactly. Then Sali on the six, Getson and Kartal uh, central midfield, uh, Gezal on the right, Bulek on the left, and uh, Wekhoff up top. So kind of the 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 line, the same lineup I think that we fielded against Sampdoria, I believe. Par mm -hmm. um, Masuaku, yeah. I, I guess. Uh, Ozan uh, Agun started there, but uh, of course Masuaku only just arrived. Um, but it, it immediately gets put into the lineup, and I, I think that uh, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Uh, a player with Dutchman experience, of course, had a full preseason with West Ham. Uh, there's no need to uh, ease someone like that in uh, if he's ready, and uh, he clearly was because I thought he was one of our better players. Yeah, and if your if your other option was Anakun, actually, to his credit, played exceptionally well in the preseason. But right, like yeah. you're not trying to rely on a striker turned left wing back in the season opener. And again, right? Like Kaiseri proves that you can't you can't really sleep on anyone in the Super League these days. Um, but so yeah, like I said, so Vegros came out of the gates with energy. But the first real action, and probably like the most distinctive moment of the first half, which really put I think a bad flavor in people's mouths, and I think this probably probably affected a lot of the negativity. But uh, there was a big chance for Kaiseri. Uh, it dropped to Gavranovic, uh, and in fact, it was Bertolacci who had just a fantastic, I don't know if you saw, but it was like a little chip pass. Yeah, no, he's a great player. I liked him a lot at Karagumruk, and uh, I would even remember thinking, like, oh, that's, that would be an interesting player for us. And it's just curious to see players like that uh, playing for Kaiser and for Karagumruk, because yeah. they're clearly quality. You know, same can be said for guys like Fabio Borini. I think those mm -hmm. are definitely players that could play uh, at a higher level. Yeah. No, I mean, in that sense, yeah, we've talked about this before, but the Super League is quite interesting in, in how talent has, like, proliferated around, around the league, but, like, the big the big clubs have dipped in quality. So it's created, like, a really weird, you know, like, like I think every, all of the big clubs, and we've yet to see Fener yet, but they've all, like, with, with uh, Galatasaray against Antalya, uh, Trabzon against Istanbul, for, of course, us against Kaiseri, like, there's no such thing as an easy match anymore, right? And of course, Fener will have Umrani as well, so that we'll really have to test no, that but theory. There's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, there's still going to be teams that are obviously going to be weaker, and that's usually in the newer, the new kids on the block. Yeah, Fener, who got, uh, especially Fener when was they, gifted that, yeah. that fixture. You know, without the, with the exception of a team like Adana Demirspor, of course, who... Uh, you know, promoted last season and then um, then immediately went for really big names: Balotelli, Aston Malonga, uh, Vargas. They had Yunus Agun. They had a really good squad put together. They had they spent a lot of money. But you know, if it's done the normal slash right way, like Istanbul Sport and like Umrania Sport, well then you're gonna come into the Super League with a with a fairly modest squad. Yeah. 
that isn't uh, star studded and then of course there is going to be a quality difference there but at the, at the same time you can say well these teams won promotion last season they have good chemistry um, you know and then they have that going for them and sometimes that can be enough to to get scrappy points yeah no sometimes uh, the system and the and the coach and everything kind of translates yeah. it's very hit or miss i mean like i don't think anyone should count on umranius for turning heads but i guess we'll see soon actually you never know yeah. you know i mean they did they did finish second last season exactly. and uh, they had a they did have a good season so you never know we'll see but uh, well, it, yeah, exactly. We'll have to wait and see how how they they perform. They have a really difficult task ahead of them uh, as we speak. You know, they're going to start. They're going to kick off against Fenerbahce in about 20 minutes or so. It's going to be a difficult match. Of course, Fenerbahce has already been uh, playing in Europe. Has already uh, three official games under their belts. They're going to be a lot more prepared. So I don't expect any surprises. But you never know. It's football. Um, yeah. But so yeah, so anyway, after after that one sort of prime opportunity missed by Gavranovic wide, we had like a number of half chances. Cartal uh, had one off a cross from Masuaku. Saiz had one off a free kick. Muleka had one uh, where he sort of muffed a header. But so like we had the vast majority of the ball. We were playing quite well for the most part, but it just wasn't coming together in the final third of the pitch. And so I think the fact that that was the case, plus that Kaiser had had that one very distinct opportunity that they missed, you know, left a bad taste yeah. in folks' mouth. I did think that was, um, I think if that would have been a goal, it would have been disallowed, though, because he, he, uh, he did seem to be offside, Gavranovic. But I think the main issue uh, or the main thing that people will complain about is, well, you're playing a home game, opening game against a team that you should always dominate yep. and you're not creating clear-cut goal-scoring opportunities. No and, you know, we didn't. Yeah. We didn't create any really clear scoring chances. Uh, we did have probably the second best chance of the game right before halftime where Masuaku put in a cross that got deflected by a defender and ended up uh, at uh, Weghorst who had um, yep. very cleverly uh, dropped back a little bit towards the, the penalty point and his defender clearly forgot about him um, but he couldn't get uh, the right uh, power on the shot and uh, Bilal managed to save it but that, that, that was a really good opportunity yep. but that's all we really put together in 45 minutes well, you know so hold on i got a few more highlights here so one uh well okay rosier came back made a great stop on mommy tiam but whatever like they didn't even get a chance out of it uh cardoso had a shot from deep for them yeah. that Erson made a save like i didn't even really see the play i might have gotten stepped up to get water or something because i saw a highlight it was i didn't realize they'd had an opportunity like that but in fact i actually think the best chance beyond, of course, the one that they missed in the 8th minute, was actually in the 40th minute. And as hard as I've been on Rashid Ghazal, I was actually quite surprised to come upon this in the highlight. He had a, like, inch-perfect pass into the path of Sally Uchan. And if Sally had just, like, had a nice first touch and moved into the, you know, moved with the ball, basically, he would have had a great chance on goal. But he stumbles. Uh, and so instead of I mean, he does recover, he gets it back to Veghorst, who gets a shot off that's, you know, saved. Um, but... Right from the edge of the box. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. But the uh, the sad, yeah, it just Gizal's pass was great to Sally Uchan, and he kind of muffed it. 
By the way, if you hear any noise, my neighbor is doing some wacky construction up there, so we'll do our best to not have that be an issue. But I just heard him bumping again, kind of. Um, but yeah, as you said, then, like, the Masawaku opportunity that, that fell to course was it for the half. And for the most yeah. part, besides that one wonky chance that they missed in the eighth minute, we were quite the dominant side. Uh, certainly, like, statistically. But even beyond that, like, we were asserting our will all around the pitch, except in that final third. And we just weren't finding finding that final pass, you know, that we needed to. Um, and as you mentioned, right, like, it wasn't coming from the center of the pitch. I don't think you could really... Like, Gazal and Muleka were not stellar, but they also weren't provided with much to do, right? Like, I think they were kind of forcing the issue because of that. Um... Yeah, I, I, I think it was uh, credit to Kayseri Spore who were containing us quite well. Um, and, and like I said, they were able to. Um, yeah, I, this is, I was going to say. Pick this. Us, to pick us up early. And they were able to keep us. They, they, their intention was clearly to keep Besiktas as far away from their goal as possible. And there was obviously. Um, <laughs> An, an exuberant amount of uh, falling down and getting falls and getting the tempo out of the game constantly, and the referee uh, played along with that. Even just played along with that uh, very willingly. Uh, every little contact was met by a dive. Uh, some of them were legitimate falls, but you know, obviously. Uh, but like every every time, like one of their players was like screening off a ball or something or anytime we wanted to play our pressing game and recover the ball quickly it just ended up in a fall um, which obviously is going to happen a lot when you play the type of football we play it's going to happen more often than you know if you retain 75% possession obviously but you know obviously Kayseri Sport were playing very much into um, that and, and the referee was a willing uh, um, assistant in that um, of course, that's Kaiser Sports' prerogative to play like that. But you know, I think I've said this many times on this podcast before. It's something I, I feel is perfectly fine. There's no reason for a team not to do this. But I hate it when referees very willingly uh, aid and abet uh, these types of teams because that's just what they're doing. You know, they're there's just just helping them out. Yeah. And I mean, it's also I think important. We got to give credit to Chaidas, Chaidas Atan, right? Who, um, it's like in the context of modern football. God, that's annoying. Um, his team was really shifting lines quite well, getting back especially, right? They were they could get like seven or eight guys back at the drop of a dime, which was very frustrating, obviously as well. Uh, but so you know, credit to, to the way he had his boys playing. They were prepared for this match, no doubt. Yeah, sure. I mean, um, that was clear from the start that they they had prepared well. They had a good plan prepared. They have been watching our games. Chala Shatan made no secret out of that. Uh, he, he said it like, uh, oh, we saw certain things in the Sampdoria match and we're going to try to exploit that. And they did that. Uh, I did feel like they were much more interested in containing us than actually creating danger for themselves. They had a couple of opportunities to counter, more so in the first half. But in the second half, uh, we definitely um, 
we took more control, contained them better, didn't really allow... I think there was like one chance with Emre Bashan or something, or like two kind of counter moments where it kind of felt a little hot, but we were definitely in the second half the, the team that was looking more likely to score. Yeah, and let's talk about it. So, yeah, Emre Bashan had a great opportunity provided by Gavdanovic, who I guess was making up for his earlier mistakes. Which was saved by Masuaku, a great defensive header, actually. I don't know if you recall that one. Um, in the 54th minute is when we basically turned it. And, like, um, they had one more sort of half chance that Nejip cut out, remember, on, like, a corner kick? And then from there, like, we had a great counter. Rashid Ghazal, remember, he had that pass from the outside of his foot that didn't quite come off. But, like, our intent was starting to show. Uh, and then it was in the 66th, 66th minute where Sali earns the free kick right outside of the box. And Karimi falls for it. It was actually masterful dribbling. I don't know if you recall, Khan. Um, you mean the, the second yellow for Karimi? Yeah, the second yellow when... Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean... And it's right after, by the way, Georges Cavant and Kudu comes on from Muleka in 57, which is, I think, mm. worth noting. He, uh, I mean, I thought Karimi was one of uh, Kaiser Sports' best, better players, um, and uh, that definitely helped us, that uh, he allowed himself to be uh, sent off. Although I didn't, I don't think it was like intentional on Sadi's part or anything. He just wanted to play himself free from his defender, and uh, yeah, he did a really, he did a good spin, and uh, yeah, Karimi couldn't get to the ball and had to take him out, and he had just gotten the yellow before that. So this was a clear second yellow. Both cards were were clear. The first one was a professional fall, and this one was a uh, yeah, a tackle where there's no ball played and a, and a good opportunity for the opponents uh, prevented. So it's, it, this is always going to be a yellow card. Um, but then, if you remember, it took him like four minutes to leave the freaking pitch, uh, which ended up biting them in the ass because that's ultimately why we ended up getting eight minutes of extra exactly, time. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this this was bizarre because um, it wasn't a, this was not a yellow card where you would argue. It was not a, a disputable. Uh, situation. I also don't think he he did. Yeah. Um, it was very strange to see him just wandering around, standing and yeah, looking. Yeah, I, I, I wonder like bewildered. if he didn't know he'd gotten the card. You know, if he didn't see the the card come out. But I don't know how that would be possible. I I I, I, don't, I was I was it was very strange because it took four minutes. I think you timed it. It took like four minutes before we were able to take the free kick and I, I there was absolutely no reason for it to take as long as it did. And I also think that um, I always feel like when it takes too long to take a free kick, it takes kind of the, the edge out of it as well. And I, I'm never expecting a goal from a free kick that takes that long to be taken same thing for a penalty by the way if a penalty takes too long to be taken i, I feel like that the taker's concentration is uh, uh impacted adversely for sure um yeah exactly no doubt no doubt about it um but so yeah of course that would but at that point the game had already turned i think Nkudu had basically turned it but uh, like they brought on Campagnaro for Bertolacci, Mustafa Pektenek for Gavranovic, Pektegol with the, uh, the little appearance. 
Um, the best chance of the match, in fact, would happen right after that. I think it was even, like, besides the actual goals and whatnot, but um, it, I would say it's better than the eight, eighth minute one that they missed, where on a corner kick by Saliuchan, it somehow finds his way to Rashid Gazal, and he has a sort of slick little dribble move and sends mm. a shot in that's really well saved by their keeper. Bilal. Bilal, yeah. Bilal buys it, by yeah, the way. Kind of, I don't know, are you guys, are you guys related? <laughs> uh, not to my knowledge. But I'm, I'm having a couple of uh, players uh, in the league now that share my, my, my last names. Uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, won't, I won't spoil the other one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I say last names, you obviously, you know, I, my, my mom's maiden sure. name. Uh, sure. Yeah. Um, so, mo moving along. And we're almost at the fun part. Uh, 77th minute, Jenk. Right after Jed sounds yellow, Jenk Tosun would come on for Karto, Kaida Yilmaz, who should, probably should have come off earlier, honestly. He didn't. I mean, although, again, right, we didn't have a sub for yeah, him. Yeah, I mean, he, he he won quite a few free kicks in the first half. Uh, but no, and again, like, like I just forgot, we didn't have another central. Like, if only Atiba were healthy and on the bench or something like that but anyway um in the 80th minute uh, a big moment that i think could easily be overlooked uh they, they did they didn't even take it to var and probably should have a handball con what did what did you think so on the one hand the guy heads it down and sort of the contact is incidental in that regard but the ball should then sort of trickle between his legs or something and instead he corrals it with both of his hands which raises questions. Yeah, his arms. Yeah, yeah. He cups. He cups his arms like he's playing volleyball, basically. Um, I, by a letter of law, he it comes off his own body, and it's it, it's it's not a penalty. So I think that's why Var did not interject. But uh, I think that's a penalty all day, every day, because um, it it to me that list looks like intentional handball. That's a uh, he is. He seemingly is making a move for the ball with the intention of stopping it with his arms because that is not a natural position for your arms to be in. That is not a natural position to balance yourself when you're making a move like that. If anything, they should be out to the sides, but he's literally making like a volleyball movement. Uh, um, it couldn't be more unnatural. Yeah, that, it was like he was that's a, scooping water out of the ground. <laughs> yeah, it's a, um, for, for me, that's... Penalty. But so yeah. Anyway, they don't—they don't even take it to the air. Whatever. We know we're gonna get a little bit. I—I I, I don't think. I don't think they can technically. I don't think VAR is allowed to say something because, um, because of the because it's not a clear error. Because like I said, it does come off his yeah, own body. No. Uh, I do think, on the other end, that if the referee blows it for a penalty, I also don't think VAR is allowed to. Interject because then it's down to the interpretation of whether the referee thinks it was intentional handball or not. Not so. I don't think that the the VAR would be allowed to uh, say no, no. It's uh, you know it came off his own body. Blah blah blah. I, I think then it, it comes down to the interpretation of the referee whether it was an intentional handball or not. Yeah. But yeah, we don't get these sort of penalties yeah. usually. Yeah. So and also in this game, kind of uh, yeah, okay, the opponent's down to ten men. Uh, but that was a red card he, he just had to give. He couldn't not give it. Um, and uh, yeah, I think for the rest of the game, he was pretty much uh, 
the 12th man for Kaiseri, <coughs> yeah. in the sense that he was assisting them left and right with uh, all those easy falls and yeah, delays exactly. and getting the tempo out of the game completely. The, the game never really, in the first half especially, never really properly got going because of the, the numerous amount of falls. I don't know if you have the stats up, but I mean, I, I'd be interested in seeing uh, the amount of falls for both teams, because uh, I think we probably had an exorbitant amount of falls. <laughs> yeah. Uh they called 22 on us and 14 on them, which is absurd, honestly. Yeah. Next would be Emre Bashan in the 81st minute, skying a shot. Uh, it would be their last real chance of the match, to be honest. Uh, yeah, that was a good yeah. one. Yeah, it wasn't bad. But not much, to, I mean, just a bad connection on a volley. Uh, 83rd minute would be a goal. Uh, Masuaku heading in a corner into the path of Veghorst, who would head it on into the path of Roman Saiz, who should have probably just found a way to tap it into the back of the net, but I think yeah. his back was to it or something. I mean, it was an awkward angle. Instead, he brings it into the path of Jenk Tosun, who puts it into the back of the net. Celebrations are glorious. People are thrilled. Everyone's weekend has been made, you know, on our end of things. And then back yeah yeah i mean as we were watching it together because uh, we were doing our watch party as we've been doing lately for the preseason and uh, i said oh this is gonna be upside and then i looked at it again because uh, i thought that the the header from wechos to size was offside but then saw the replay no it wasn't offside yeah. and then i wasn't really aware of, oh, I was like just looking at where size was and where Jenk was. I was like, oh, okay, it's offside. But I wasn't really thinking properly. And obviously, uh, the ball, when the ball was played, Jenk was ahead yeah, of it already. Minimally, by like a uh, foot. And yeah. It, it, you know, it was, you know, because of the situation, it was very clear if you look yeah, back at it. Yeah. And you can't, you can't complain. That nope. is, that is, you know, if we would have gotten that goal against, we would be furious. For so. Sure. Uh, yeah, you have to disallow it. It's 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 a shame because Jenk came on, had very good energy, um, immediately put a lot of pressure on them. Uh, it definitely worked. It was a good sub from from Valerian Ismail, um, and yeah, it, it was a beautiful story. Also, you know, Jenk scoring that goal, the celebration, yeah, was really the return, the homecoming. You know, when when he came on to the pitch, the standing ovation he got from the crowd. Everyone was super happy for him, of course, that he gets that goal. Um, but yeah, unfortunately for Jenk, he he should have stood back one yard and he would have been fine yep. and still would have easily scored it got too excited it happens to the best of us but luckily in the only real other action of this match besides of course Jenk Tosin being carted off uh, yes. for yelling a bit would yeah. be a goal and this would be just absolutely lovely um, Valerien or no sorry Valentin Rosier racing into the box with the ball Stopped crudely by a defender. They collide in the air. It might have been a whistle, but they would I think they let it play on correctly. Goes into the path of Veghorst, who very wisely, you know, it, I think everyone's expecting him to hold the ball, maybe try to find a way to turn around and get a shot off. Instead, like in the motion of turning, he dumps the ball off into the path of Rashid Gazal, who's coming into the box yeah. with venom and uh, villainy if you will 
and he was yeah. prepared to slide it home absolutely perfectly into the left bottom yeah. corner of the goal. Fantastic celebrations. Valerie Ismail with the uh, the fatherly hugs all around. <laughs> and and we win. I mean, Nedjip, yeah, of course. Yeah. It's worth noting, Nedjip got a yellow card <laughs> in the ninth minute Did of he? extra time. I didn't even, I didn't even <laughs> notice. There's no such thing That's as a match oh, that right. he plays uh, where he can't, he has to get carded. I'm um, so did Roman Sites to be fair, but um, that's not characteristic, at least not as far as we know. Uh, but so yeah, that's it. A big victory, one to nil. Um, before I dig into stats, I mean, do you want me to do stats before we we talk about analysis? Let's do that, just so that you no know, one's like proven wrong by stats or anything like that. Um, Besiktas had 55% of the ball to their 45. Expected goals 1.52 to their. 0.45 we had 20 shots in total to their five uh, though they had two big chances to our zero which i don't quite understand how they decide what a big chance is i mean i don't know how how is our goal not a big chance or the, the offsides one i guess they can i guess because it's a it's a shot from the edge of the area Maybe I so suppose. yeah yeah and there's still some defenders in between yeah i, I guess could be, I, could be. i'm not sure uh what uh, exactly uh how exactly that works yeah um you know what kind of um algorithms they use for that kind of stuff. And it's worth knowing that of our 20 shots, 7 are off target, 6 are on target. They only had one shot on target. Uh, and 7 of our 20 shots were blocked, which I think, again, is a testament to their to their manager, Shaidak Hassan, and his ability to, to shift his guys back with ease. And so they were constantly, like, like I said, 8 men back. Or more. <laughs> Oh yeah, they uh, they they were constantly defending with uh, with nine ten players, um, you know, not counting the goalkeeper. So yeah, they they were. I mean, look, they were there for a point and a bonus if possible. That's clear. That's also you know what you expect. Like uh, Kaiserispor are not going to come to to um, to Vodafone Park right. and play open. If they do that, they're yeah. gonna get slaughtered. That's normal. Uh, this is the game plan we will see a lot of teams uh, use against us this season. We will see them use it against other teams too. That's that's normal. Uh, but you know, of course, the, the type of referee that you have for those types of games is also very important because if you have a guy that is addicted to uh, that whistle in his mouth, then you're gonna get a game like this where the possession is gonna be relatively evenly split just because of the fact that the game isn't flowing and uh, the, the team that you would expect to dominate is not really allowed to play their game because uh, every little contact is called a foul. Um, you know, it's the same way uh, if we if the, the roles were reversed, we would also hope for a referee that is eager to blow his whistle. And that was the case here. Um, and like you said earlier, you know, when Nkudu came on, I kind of changed the, the, the dynamics of the game a little bit because, like I said earlier, you know, they were um, waiting for us uh, in the middle of the pitch. And the issue was that both Gezal and Muleka getting the ball far away from goal isn't ideal. Uh, but Nkudu has that ability to get the ball, pick it up in, in, in you know, the later half of your own half and just, you know, put it... 15 meters in front of him past the defender and, and run onto it and yeah. create danger and that's something that that that, that Nkudu has uh, and why he was very valuable coming off the bench 
Uh, now there's some people saying, well, Nkudu's performance today warrants him starting next week against Alanya. I don't agree with that. Uh, I think Nkudu, what he showed is that he's the perfect yeah, guy to bring off the bench in games like yeah. this. Yeah, but uh, I think if you start him against Alanya, it will be a mistake. I, I think Alanya are going to play not as uh, defensive, especially at home. Um, although, on the other hand, uh, Farioli might have learned from last season's confrontation with uh, with Bishikdash's, with Valerian Ismail's Bishikdash, which ended in 4-0 for Bishikdash, I think. He was way too offensive there, and he got punished for it. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if Alanya Spore are a little bit more um, reluctant <laughs> this time around, so we'll have yeah. to see next week. But uh, yeah, it's uh, that's the you know, Kaiser Sports game was was revolving around that, and, and Kudu was the right man to bring in. Cenk was the right man to bring in. You know, the, the, the amount of offensive subs on the bench was very limited, uh, but he used them and he used them at the right time. Um, and uh, well, of course, you know when that goal gets disallowed, a late goal, uh, eighty. 4th, 85th minute or something, then you, your player gets sent off a couple of minutes later, uh, then you kind of have that feeling of, well, I guess this is not yeah. going to go our way. But uh, to the team's credit, and this is also to Valeria Ismail's credit, we kept pushing until the last minute and uh, the team showed tremendous stamina and ability to keep going for that goal. Whereas in the past, I think we've often said, well, Where's that 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 final offense? Where's that pumping the ball into the box, trying to get snatch a goal? Uh, we've missed that a lot from Besiktas in the last couple of years, but uh, here they kept going, and to their credit, got got that goal, that late winner, and it was uh, probably the only proper Rosia Gezal connection on the yeah. right wing all match, because they were because to again to Kaiser's credit, they were very well. Uh, capable of uh, containing Gezal uh, and, and Rosier and, and that tandem, that link-up, they were able to contain that very well and keep them as far away from their goal as possible. And that one moment where Rosier goes on a run, a good run, and uh, finds Gezal... Well, the, to be fair, there were a couple of more in the last 10-15 minutes. Gezal and Rosier came more into the game. Um, probably also the fatigue of playing with 10 men for as long as they did. Uh, since what was it the 65th minute or something so they were playing for, with, with 10 for a while but uh, yeah it, it, it is telling that it was again the Rosia Geza link up and of course Weghorst who um, I think some of the, the the pundits in Turkey said it's like they've been playing together for years but uh, yeah Weghorst um, like you said very uh, aware of his teammates positioning very intelligent layoff and Gezal of course would have would have, would have pristine finish that uh, kind of made up for his uh, invisibility for the majority of the game yeah and it wasn't a great match for him but you know I mean he did have some moments as I, like this shot that was saved and a uh, decent pass to, to Sally Uchan and stuff like that so I mean you know that's what he's there for those moments of magic I, obviously you hope he puts together yeah. a better all around performance as well But yeah I mean we need that um, worth noting by the way you mentioned that we're playing Alanya next they had a big 2-4 to four victory on the road against Fatih Karagumruk to be yeah. fair that was their new coach who many will will many will Andrea remember Pirlo. will recognize Andrea Pirlo his first match in charge of Fatih Karagumruk so a rude awakening for him 
uh, but so Alani is looking yeah. vibrant. Uh, that said, they, their XG was like 1.86, um, and they had four goals, so maybe a little luck their way. But they were they were very efficient. They countered almost the entire game. Uh, Karagumruk was the dominating team. It, it, it reminded me a little bit of our games against Kiev uh, in the early 2010s, <laughs> where one team was, you know, uh, dominant, but uh, the defensive line of, uh, of, of Karagumruk kept getting exploited and kept getting caught, uh, yeah, off guard with uh, balls in behind the defense. Efejan loves those types of uh, balls and had a great, uh, great match. Uh, and uh, of course, uh, punish them. I would hope that uh, we aren't as naive and uh, yeah. will do better, and hopefully can exploit uh, their. Uh, because I did watch the game or the majority of the game, and uh, Alanya Spor, like the, the the result would make you think, oh, Alanya Spor are, are great, but uh, they defensively they didn't look um, super. So uh, there's definitely going to be possibilities for us, but it is an away game. Uh, we'll have to wait and see, and our chemistry isn't all there yet, but. Hopefully we can uh, we can get a good result. Yeah, um, and so just to wrap up that match, uh, the the Kaiseri one. Who's your man of the match, Khan? Uh, I think I had three. Uh, I think number one's probably Wehorst, Masuaku number two, perhaps, and Roman Saiz was also really good. I think those three guys were um, were the best on the pitch for us. My man of the match is actually. A, a little change-up for you there, Valentin Rosier. I thought he was fantastic the whole match. Okay. Uh, I thought Rosier was good, but um, yeah. Defensively, he was too. Good, I mean, but... he made some key. He saved an mm. opportunity. Mm, yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, just to, to back it all up, so it's, true. it's actually for anyone who thinks Khan's giving Veghorst man of the match. To be fair, he's the highest-rated player on the team. Uh, then it's Rashid Ghazal, then Sali Uchan, who I, I did I did think he put together a pretty good performance. Remember that shot he whizzed? I missed this in the highlights, but he remember he whizzed the shot right over the bar. Oh right, yes, that was an yeah. amazing shot. That would have been a, a worldie, that would have been yeah. some goal, and that, and that wasn't uh, far off. It was it exactly. was really close. So that's a, that's a good one that you uh, yeah, come back to for sure. But then this is important. The next two highest rated players are. Valentin Rosier and Arthur Masuaku, which, like you said, people were giving him a hard time. Statistically, they shouldn't be, and I think he passed the eye test too. Uh, were, were they? Were, were people giving him a hard time? I, I don't know. In our group chat, they were. I don't know if that's like the fan base at large. I don't think so. I think one person was saying something about his crossing not being great, but um, I think that's uh, you know very small sample size to judge somebody's crossing ability on yeah. uh, also his first game's been with the team for a couple of days only I was really impressed with him um, both uh, going forward and, 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 and just very very cool collected same with mm -hmm. size you could see it and that's one of those things uh, with our new transfers our new foreigners Weghorst, Saiz, Masuaku they do have that um composure about them you know having played many years at a very high level of course for Weghorst Bundesliga mainly but also you know a little bit of Premier League at the end there but size you know four years of Premier League under his belt uh two years of championship for that Masuaku has been in the Premier League for a couple of years as well over 100 appearances for West Ham United um yeah and mentioned, funny you mentioned size. The Ooh. next highest rated players are Jedson, 
Roman Seif, Erickson Destinado, Kartal Kaida Yomaz, which is a surprise to me. And then the only Kaiseri player in the top 10 with a rating above a 7 was Lionel Carol. I didn't really notice okay. that. And then Nejib. Yeah, Edge he was... is in above a 7. Oh, okay. That's a, that's curious. Uh, uh, yeah, he's I, like I the imagine, 11th best player on the pitch. So I would imagine Kartal exactly. gets a lot of credit for the falls committed on him. I think there were about 3 mm-hmm. or so. So... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take a look at Cartel's stats individually real quick. He had two shots. Um, he, he passed at a 79% rate, 26 of 33, created one chance. Uh, he had, well, I guess only one shot was counted because one of them was blocked. He had 43 touches, which is pretty involved, especially since he came out. Um, one of two on long balls, one of one on his tackles. So, you know, stood up defensively, three interceptions, three recoveries. He was 4 of 4 on his duels on the ground, which is uh, backing up folks who think maybe he should have played more of a, a 6 role for us, huh? Mm. Uh, he is interestingly listed as an attacking mid, which I thought were... you know, he came up as. So I think that's the hesitation. I think there were just a couple of uh, sloppy moments, though, you know, where we yeah, had a exactly. counter opportunity and then he played the ball too hard. And yeah. those are like in, in games like this, that's important that you take make the most out of those sorts of opportunities where you have the man advantage going forward. And then suddenly uh, with just, you know, a poor pass, uh, your your opportunity to uh, exploit the, the opponents is uh, gone. And that was, you know, there's a couple of those. Mo- I think there's one or two of those bad passes from Kartal that will have, you know, kind of thrown shade over the rest of his game. Uh, all in all, I mean, it's not like he was terrible, but he, he, you could sense that he didn't feel 100% comfortable in the position he was playing. Uh, but that might have also just been the nerves. Uh, you know, it's a big opportunity for him, of course. He's, you know, spent, like I said, the last uh, 18 or so months at that Umranje doing really well in the Birinji League. Uh, but this is the the big boys, and this is his opportunity, of course, and, and, and something you would imagine he's been dreaming about for many years to wear that shirt and and, and represent Besiktas as a starter. Of course, he had some opportunities a couple of years ago in the in the Europa League and stuff, but this is the first time really that yeah. you know this is this and is a new is opportunity, a new actually, beginning. For- this was where I wanted to conclude our talk of this match with actually, which was that our fans really came out put on a great atmosphere the stadium looked like it was sold out or at least very near to it yeah um and i think you could see that like for guys like it's like jackson muleka kartal kaira yomas guys that are fully new to squad even roman size like very initially but he settled down quick um but like muleka was starstruck a little bit right he, he looked like a deer in headlights i think for a lot mm. of these guys like hearing such an intense uh, they kind of knew it was coming but it's did, really did you something think did you really feel that uh, I, I thought muleka was actually decent um, yeah, i mean he wasn't bad i i think people will look at some of his like missed touches and stuff and and kind of crap on his whole game which would not be fair but um, he had a, he had I a just, couple. You, know, of I, you could touches, tell yeah, you could tell he really wanted to do something, you know. And I think because yeah. there weren't a lot of opportunities presented, because like we said, the center of the midfield wasn't putting him on a platter for anyone. Um, they were kind of forcing. Gazal was doing the same, and like yeah. you know, nobody was. I mean, I guess everyone's putting pretty hard on Gazal. Uh, Malika, Malika in particular was kind of trying to force something and trying to create exactly. stuff for himself, and yeah. and that was kind of, yeah, like you said, was kind of down to the fact that the. the You'd expect chances to be created by Rashid Ghazal, by 
gets on by Sally, by you know the midfield, you know somebody in midfield, and that I think you know can lead into the next part where, you know, we we do we do have yeah, or we have the ability now to identify some 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 pain points in the team where okay. we clearly <laughs> do need some uh, some injection of quality. So that's the perfect segue. Um, like the important thing is. If this season pans out, if we are competitive, if we're if we're going for the title, if we're vying for it, uh, these are exactly the kinds of wins you need sometimes, right? The ones you eke out that aren't pretty, uh, but that's that's you got the three points, and this is definitely a case of that. Now, yeah. what as you said, what the game also did, and it's great that this is identified quite early on uh, in the season, right? And there's still some window left for us to fix this, uh, and it was created by the. Um, you know, of course, Vidvan leaving a little late in the window, which is not his fault, actually. Uh, no. Yeah, you know, the but, first move fell apart and all that. But then, yeah. especially, Emirhan leaving in the way he did at the time he did yeah. was such a huge, right? Because as we said earlier, Joseph out because of injury, Atiba out because of injury. Now you, you really break our back when Emirhan's gone as well, because that's our depth. That's it. We had no one. We literally had not one guy to bring on. If Karta Kaira Yilmaz was a little bit um, intimidated by the atmosphere or whatever it was, you know, the, the bright lights got to him, then we needed to sub him out. And that was a huge problem, right? We did. We literally had yeah. not one guy to bring on. No, exactly. I mean, we, we changed the formation around and uh, we brought in an extra forward. Um, which and, panned uh, out did, great, you know, because we were which, also a which, man up at that point. Exactly. Yeah, of course. Yeah, exactly. You were a man up at that point. Um, and you bring in the extra forward and obviously you're going to create more pressure. Uh, but yeah, we didn't have that option on, on the bench to really sub in uh, a, di a different midfielder, which is kind of telling, you know, and obviously, you know, yeah, we do have, I mean, we've basically went from, what, six central midfielders to uh, five with two out injured now, right? Yeah. So we only really have those three, um, and yeah, that's that's a problem, obviously. Mm -hmm. But also, I think even uh, well, if Emiran would have stayed, we would have had uh, that extra midfielder with uh, offensive impulses, and I don't really think we would have needed a transfer. But now with Emiran gone, you, you you do clearly have. A void that needs to be filled there with a, a more forward-thinking uh, midfielder. But uh, yeah, I, I'm very curious to see who is going to slot into that that position. Um, Nadiem uh, Amiri has been named. Yeah, so let's uh, let's uh, let's lay out the so the two pressing needs and, and like there's still talk of do we need another winger? I I would say we should probably relax on that and focus on the real pressing needs because we do have depth at the wing at least. Um, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, with Emirhan Delibash even, right? But like certainly like um, Tyler Boyd has stuck around. Uh, who, who am I forgetting? Who's our main guy? Oh, Nkudu. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a guy we were we were ready to to send uh, off uh, into uh, into the sunlight and uh, not too long into the horizon or how do you say it? Like when the cowboy walks off. Yeah, yeah. Send him uh, off to the horizon. We, we into were, the netherworld. We, no, yeah. We were, yeah, we're done right. with him, in theory. 
Um, yeah, I mean, even when that news was coming out, I think we were all kind of like, hmm, that that I, I don't see the necessity for that. Like, uh, Nkudu has been with us now for three years, and we kind of know what to expect of him. And we've seen it in, in our championship run. We've seen it even last season. Like, he can come on, make an impact. He can play a stretch of games, be useful. Unfortunately, he is injury prone. Uh, you can never really count on him for a full season as a starter, but he definitely has qualities that few footballers in the world have, where he is able to create a lot of chaos Absolutely. for the op opposition. Um, yeah, he, he has that, that ability. He's not the best decision maker, and he isn't, you know, a world-class uh, finisher or, 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 or crosser <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination, but he is incredibly fast and he knows how to use his pace. Mm -hmm. No, exactly. Uh, in yeah. fact, that's interesting, he's the one I forgot, because he, he's probably, like, our best option as far as depth goes, right? He's, he's, he's a, a starting quality player who, because of his injury status and his sort of, uh, the fear of, you know, you got to keep him relatively fit right you gotta measure his minutes and stuff like that it's probably best that he's coming off the bench like you said certainly you can't rely on him as a striker so um or as a starter rather mm. but so um let's talk about what so first of all i guess the, the news is that wellington seems to be gone he's uh, injured right now as well though so we'll have to wait and see uh he has a little injury but uh, yeah, the, the latest is, of course, that uh, that he might be that there's an offer on the table from uh, uh, a team from the Middle East, uh, Al Etihak, I believe, or something like that. Yeah, um, sure, I, I, I uh, Serjan Dikma tweeted it out earlier, and I uh, I tweeted it as well, but I don't even remember right now. Al, Al Eti, Etihak or something. Al Etihad. Uh, no, no, no. It's with a Q at the end, apparently. Oh wow. But uh, yeah, so. The offer would be somewhere in the vicinity of 1 million euros. Um, you know, I mean, I know you're not a big fan of Wellington. I personally like him. Uh, I think he was very important in our championship run. Uh, I think he has value. He is a little bit of a ticking time bomb, just like how Dusko Tosic was a little bit of a ticking time bomb. Yeah, no, Dusko Tosic for me is a very apt comparison. Mm. Um, which is to say that, you know, neither of them was my favorite player, but like, you have 11 guys out there, and not yeah. all of them are going to be your favorite player. And he's very serviceable. You know, I've never... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence about whether we need a million that much. I mean, well, I get, like, turning a profit on a guy at that age is not bad. I think the main thing is, like, uh, if we can take that million and we can uh, divert it to a Turkish central defender uh, mm -hmm. with, with the four and a half... With the four and a half million we also got for uh, for for Emirhan, we have a bit of a budget to work with now to get a central midfielder and to get a defender, and of course the the other big rumor today coming out is that uh, well rumor Sergeant uh, Dikme said that we have uh, started. Uh, talks up with uh, we've been of course monitoring the situation of uh, of this player for a while, but now with uh, with the offer being coming in for Wellington, with uh, Emiran leaving and us needing another Turk uh, to uh, fulfill the, the the three Turks on the pitch at all times rule, uh, we are uh, preparing an offer for Koray Günther from uh, Hellas Verona. 
um, as the right central uh, defender uh, in 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 the the four three three. Uh, and yeah, obviously, if you can take a million or a million and a half, because they're still talking. I think the offer, what Serdan Dikmes said, is the offer is one million, but uh, you know they're still haggling over the price right now. So Bishesh will probably try to get that up to like 1.2, 1.3, 1.4, 1.5. You know, as much as they can possibly get. Sure. And then of course that money then can be redirected and 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 used to hopefully sign someone like Koray. Um, I think if you're really going for a defender, Koray Günther is probably one of the best options we have uh, yeah. in terms of Turks. Um, of course, Khan Ayhan, if you really look at, at squad depth and uh, usefulness for your team, I think Khan Ayhan is, is the, the no-brainer because he has the ability to play on multiple positions. But his price is also uh, significantly higher. Uh, Sassuolo apparently won six million for him. Uh, Monza supposedly offered four and got rejected. So you know you're not gonna get him under four and a half, five million. You're not you're not gonna get him under five million basically. And Ambitious yeah. are are not going to pay five million euros. Uh, you would think for Kanayan, even though. He is a, a quality player that would solve so much of our issues. But the same—he's like what, 25, right? It's like uh, no, Khan is Khan is 27 going on 28. <laughs> oh wow! And that's oh, the main wow. reason okay. as well. That's like you know, that's one of the main reasons I, I would say you would imagine Bishesh aren't going to pay a big yeah, transfer yeah. fee because of his age. Uh, not that he's old, but you know, obviously we're not. You know, like he's not—he's not 23, 24. And the same yeah. thing for Koray. Koray is 27. Um, I don't know what uh, what the fee would be. Um, he's been playing consistently for uh, for for Hellas Verona. He played 30 Serie A games last season. He has uh, just over 100 Serie A appearances under his belt. Um, you know, he's come a long way from his time at Galatasaray, uh, where he was used very sparingly and really just was a, a squad depth player. Of course, also in the time of no foreign restrictions so his mm -hmm. playing opportunities at Galtzrai when he was young and just came from uh, Borussia Dortmund uh, was, were very limited uh, he had, uh, I, I checked it earlier he had like 26 or 27 Super League appearances for Galtzrai over what, something like 3 years or something and then he yeah. had 21 cup appearances so he was so he was mainly one of those guys that was uh, playing in in, in 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 the cup games when when the the matches didn't really, you know when when Galatasaray would line up the majority of their young players. So, so yeah, uh, yeah. So that's definitely I mean, something to take into account. You know, he's come a long way. We can't really expect to. You know, Koray Gunter has, has has evolved tremendously as a footballer in the last uh, four or five years of his career. Um, you know, and he's of course another one of those players that's playing in the top five league, and that will oh pardon that will probably walk into the team and uh, immediately uh, allow allow his quality to be felt. You know, like Masuaku uh, and, and like uh, Weghorst and, you know, other players that um, Roman size that they just come from those big leagues and probably won't be uh, impressed too much by, you know, what it is to play in Turkey. And of course, Craig Gunter has the advantage that he knows. But yeah, in that regard, if you can get something for a 33-year-old, uh, Wellington that you know last year of his contract also Koray Gunter is in the last year of his contract they paid uh, 2.6 for him I think so you'd imagine they want to get north of that but also yeah last year of his contract so it, it's, it'll be interesting to see 
Yeah, no, I mean, and, and it's good that the, the Turks have come back into focus because that's clearly like having the ability to play a Turk on that back line mm -hmm. will enable us to get someone pivotal yeah. in the center of the midfield. Um, which, you know, I'm a little mixed on as well because, like, with Joseph coming back, you'd hope, right, he was just named captain, you'd hope he could yeah. kind of reassert himself into the lineup. So, yeah, basically, I mean, if you look at it realistically, you're going to have Ersin in goal. You're always going to have a Turk in goal. We only have Turkish goalkeepers, so that's a given. So even, like, let's say last uh, day of the transfer window, uh, there's a 10 million something offer on the table for Ersin and he leaves. We still have Emre and we still have Mert. So there's always going to be a Turk in goal, so that's a given. But then uh, on top of that, you know, if you can put Koray Gunther in there, uh, then you have a, a second Turk that's probably going to play all the time. And uh, yeah, then the question is, uh, of course, uh, who's going to be that number three? And there's a couple of options. Right now, it looks like it's going to be Saliu Chan, uh, even if a new guy comes in. Um, but you know, once the new guy comes in, if a new guy comes in and then uh, Joseph is back, yeah, then you, then, then who is going to be the third Turk, right? So it's going to be an issue we're going to have to deal with this season. But it looks like uh, next season, I mean, I think next season the foreign limit will be gone. Um, so, yeah. I, I, I think it's, we'll just have to deal with it this season, it looks like. But that's also, you, you don't want to overpay for, for Turks then, right? Like, we already spent two million on Emre Can. And uh, that's money that's potentially gone to waste now if uh, you know with the, this whole switch of switching back to four at the back and although it does offer opportunities when we do decide to play three at the back we can play Emre Can, uh, Saiz and uh, and Koray and then Ersin and then you have your three Turks of course exactly. and, then you, and then you can still play Masuaku you can still play uh, Rosier, Gezal, Muleka or Nkudu whatever uh, or um, and then Weghorst and, and, and Getson and all that. Uh, so yeah, there's there's, there's 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 possibilities there. But of course, you know, getting someone in, I think it's it's absolutely uh, instrumental that the, the defender we get as a replacement for Wellington has to be a Turk. I, I think if we yeah. get a foreigner, then we just uh, create problems for ourselves. And you know, I thought about that with the the Mexican defender that we've been linked to. That could just be depth because he's under 21. So he wouldn't even take a foreigner spot. He could just be like a prospect, you know, for the reserve squad slash, you know, in a pinch or something if he's good. So it could even be, you know, if he's not too expensive, that could be what that's all about. If that I, don't think, uh, I don't think I don't think are gonna spend money on, uh, on 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 that. I think that's a false rumor. But you never know. Yeah, Maybe. I mean, I, I obviously would depend what money is being asked for. By the way, I think Fenner just got gifted a penalty. <laughs> yes, I am watching. That's why I was stuttering from time to time. That was off of the back of that guy's head, <laughs> no? Like, I don't know, uh, but uh, Umrania looked good. They almost scored in the opening minute. Uh, but did you see that, that the ball came off of the guy on Fenner's head down to the guy's arm, which is exactly why they did not give us the penalty. <laughs> Whatever. It, not I, I don't know. That's, yeah, we're not the Fenner Watcher podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, I, mean, I guess that, that just about covers us, right? Like, Najim Amiri is the main. Uh, That's the focus. guy named right now. Um, At mid. We haven't heard any other alternatives, have we? No, but I mean, I mean. Oh, except like, let's talk about the Sivasport kid, maybe. Yeah, he's also been uh, Kerem. 
Kerem Atakan Keskin uh, has also been named, of course. Um, and there's a there's a also Conrad de la Fuente from Marseille supposedly were uh, uh, talking to uh, with Marseille to loan him and bring him in as an extra uh, player on the wings. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, right now Nadiem Amiri is the only one uh, being named really for the midfielder position. But you know, it doesn't mean because we aren't hearing other names at the moment that there's not other names that are being spoken to. Uh, that uh, we know sometimes it can go really quick, like with Roman Seis, where he's like, "Oh yeah, he signed, bam, it's done." And then you, of course, have the the sagas that drag on like Weghorst. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if we end up with with a midfielder that uh, not necessarily you haven't heard of but one that yeah. hasn't been mentioned in uh, in in the media yet that was a red card <laughs> what was that you just kicked him <laughs> whatever um yeah sorry we're watching the fenner match in the background while we're recording um yeah no i i, I we'll we'll wait and see i think it seems like they're focusing on the defender first maybe right so Let's see if we get the Turk there, then it gives them flexibility regarding, you know what I'm saying? What would you do? Yeah, I mean, we're still, we're still going to be in a pickle uh, because we don't have a Turkish winger. Uh, I think that's the biggest issue that we don't have a quality Turkish winger. Um, and that's also one of those things, you know, Emirhan would have offered us so much uh, flexibility because last season he showed us, you know, he can play on the left, he can play on the right, he can play behind the striker, he can play as a box-to-box, which is his more natural position, but he has so much versatility. Um, and yeah, we didn't expect uh, him to, you know, off. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's really I mean it's messed up Valerie Ismail squad planning, obviously, yeah. and and then on top of that, of course, the whole uh, having to switch to four at the back uh, messed things up as well. But at the same time, uh, you know, we did notice in some of the friendlies that uh, two in the middle uh, we didn't necessarily have the the midfielders for it. Because but then again, you know, we didn't really manage to see Joseph and get some uh, much, and it was Sally and uh, and and, and get some for most of it. So. It's, and it's remember hard. your interview about Roman Seiss, uh, you know, he could theoretically be that variable, yeah. you know, defensive midfielder slash, right? He could, he could that's do true. that shifting. Um, yeah, that's true. We need to I mean, see more, theory, you know, that's, could, uh, that's the problem. We haven't seen the whole 11. In fact, we don't even know what the 11 is going to look like now that we're going <laughs> to probably be bringing two more. Yeah, in. I mean... If we bring in Koray Gunter, you could theoretically play with Emrejan uh, left exactly, left center back, yeah. and then uh, put Roman Saiz in the six. I mean, there's there's plenty of uh, options, uh, but uh, I mean, Saiz looked so cool and collected uh, at the back. Uh, I understand that as uh, as as Ismail, you want to have that uh, defensive anchorman uh, there. Um, but yeah, Koray Gunter, you know, it's it's. We, I'm not gonna sit here and say that I've been watching Verona religiously for the past three seasons, <laughs> uh, but you know, obviously, you know, he has gained a lot of uh, experience in Serie A and he's become uh, a much more complete uh, defender. Um, and yeah, probably a good partner for uh, Roman Saiz because Saiz, has, as he showed us in this game, he is not, you know, he's not just a, a, a good defender, but he's also kind of uh, the creator, not creative, but he's like the, the ball playing uh, center back. And Koray Gunter is more of a no nonsense defender that uh, will uh, certainly be uh, 
be able to partner with uh, someone like Saiz, you would imagine? Yeah, exactly. I mean, so stay tuned, folks, right? So much is yet to happen, and uh, it's going to be kind of exciting to see how it all shakes out, <clears throat> especially as the, like, the transfer season. When does it end, the window? Um, I'm not quite sure, actually. Pretty soon, right? It's got to be coming uh, to a close. Another week or two, Yeah, I think? it's going to be in the next few weeks, couple weeks or something like that. But So stay yeah. tuned. We'll get information on that, too. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it was a pleasure having you back, Khan, uh, as always. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's still... I, for me, this is a really fun season. I like that there's a little mystery that we're, you know, like... We have a lot of the pieces we would need to be really competitive, and we've scraped out a good victory here early on. So we've got to kind of build on this momentum. We got to hope that our new guys settle in or continue to settle in well, mm. and that you know that these last two moves are the right ones because they they could be pivotal, pivotal, especially in the center of the midfield where you know it's clearly a problem in this last match. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's it, we are definitely fighting that foreign rule right now because it's very difficult to find quality quality Turkish players. Uh, we had quality Turkish players. We lost two of them. Uh, Ridvan, I mean, you know, I, I, you can't blame him. He had his ambitions and uh, he paid his dues. Um, and yeah, I, I would have liked to see him stay another year. Yeah. Uh, that would have also for us probably solved a lot of issues because I, I do expect that foreign limit to be away, uh, be gone next season. Although you never know if, uh, you know, depends a little bit on how the elections might go. If uh, a certain someone uh, wins and uh, f starts feeling more comfortable and he might start putting his uh, fingers back in the Turkish football uh -oh. cookie jar, you know. So, so you know, we'll have to wait and see how that goes. And that's the return of Bashakta here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, you know, it's, it's right now. It's very important that like we we cannot, we can't, we simply can't because like there's been like these rumors of uh, a couple of guys from you know Eric Bailly and uh, Axel Mazueke or something and uh, or what is his name? I don't know. Like some guys from Manchester United and yeah, I don't know uh, these guys. I've seen uh, barely. I know Ta Tambueke or I don't know. Well, I Tambueke, yeah, I think so. Yeah, Eric, right. Eric Bay, I mean, obviously he's known, but like there's been those rumors, uh, and obviously those are you know Eric Bay would be a quality player for the Turkish league, obviously, but like we simply cannot accommodate another foreign centre back. Uh, we simply don't have the Turks. Like if you realistically look at our squad right now, we don't have Turkish wingers really. I mean, we have Emirhan. But we don't have a quality Turkish winger like we had in the past. Like we had a Gökhan Töre uh, or, or something like that, you know, or an Ozhan. We don't have that. Um, so we have to get a little creative. Um, obviously, we have Cenk Tosun, but you're not going to play Cenk ahead of Weghorst because Weghorst obviously is very important for uh, the football we play and also just a really good player. Um, Cenk could maybe play more on the on the wing, but that would be such a waste of uh, of Muleka as well. Um, which I know people are saying, oh, you know, in the four-three-three system, uh, Muleka doesn't work, blah blah blah. But that's a load of crap, because I mean, we we played Kyle Lahren in a four-three-three system. Um, 
and that worked absolutely perfect. And you're not going to sit there and tell me that uh, Kyle Lahren has an ounce of the technical ability that uh, Muleka has. So if you play Muleka in the correct role yeah, in, in that you know second striker coming from the wing role rather than a pure winger, then Muleka can most certainly be useful on the wing. Uh, he was also uh, for Kasim Pasha last season. He played uh, a lot. You know, he played a total of what was it, 14 or so games, but he played um, half or so on on the left and on the right. Uh, so it's not that he only played as a striker there. Yeah, and were you giggling at that uh, handball potentially? Umrani <laughs> uh, just scored. Oh, did they? Okay, sorry, I'm I'm behind you then. Uh-oh. With with my paid officially paid for stream from Digiturk, I am behind you. Oh, but you're on BN USA, aren't you? I'm on. Yeah, I'm on. I'm legit. I've gone clean too. But um, I have to. I have to tell you though. I mean, I've been watching this game as we have been talking, uh, and Umrania are holding their own. Uh, they <laughs> does not look very good. <laughs> Uh, Fener looks dangerous going forward, but looks prone at the yeah. back, and they've looked yeah. prone at the back in 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 against Kiev and and their in their friendlies as well. And of course, you know they just sold Kim. They might be selling Salai. Um, yeah. Well, so, I think both were a little bit overhyped anyway, but that's, that's I, a different I really, conversation. I I really like Salai. I've been liking him ever since they got him. I know he didn't have the best season last year, especially second. Yeah, that's that was a mistake. Uh, yeah. But I really I really like him. I, I think he's good. No, both uh, of them. I think I understand why they have a market because they're relatively young uh, and they're great physically, right? Um, y- you could really see how clubs would value them uh to the extent that they do though i think that's mm. a lot of like Fener's media hype you know <laughs> they, they they have that yeah i mean it's it's the media i wing. think the main the main thing is when i look at the price we get for ridvan and i know people don't agree but i think that the price we got for ridvan is is pretty realistic you know if we end up getting the total amount you know six million and change i think that's pretty realistic but then you see Guys like him, after a year, going for 18 or 20 million. Yeah, exactly. They, they bought him for three and a half. It's and not, like not a particularly great year, you know. Yeah, it's <laughs> not. You know, Fenerbahce didn't win anything. They didn't go particularly far in Europe. It's not like something, uh, like something, like something special happened. I mean, obviously he he's a good player, but how how do you, I mean how do you really uh, explain that that sudden fifteen something million increase in value? Like, if he was that high on people's radar, why didn't uh, another European club uh, bring him in? Uh, you know, for three and a half million uh, last window. But I mean, obviously he's a quality player, uh, and we we don't have those types of players because we had a thirty-three year old Tomago Vida. Which Domagoj Vida is a good player, but you know nobody's going to play pay big money for a 33-year-old, and that's again now our our, our stalwart at the back is 32 years old. Uh, we don't have a, an, a, an upcoming 25-year-old Marcao, Nelson, uh, Kim Minje, uh, Attila Salai. We don't have those players. We have to be realistic about that. We had, uh, and that th- that's also I think why our fans are so sour about. You know, Ridwan going for only yeah. six. Um, you know, and also kind of what I, I understand Ridwan going for six, and I understand that right now Emirhan. You know, look, we were we were bound there with the claws, but 
then I don't. I, I have a little bit of an issue understanding how come there's no 10 plus million offers for a guy like Ersin. Because Ersin, to me, I've said this many times, he is, for Turkish league standards, a very complete goalkeeper. Like, he doesn't have any clear weakness. Uh, he might not be, like, as impressive on, on reflexes and stuff like that. Like, Uvejan and Altai really stand out on that. But, you know, Altai, uh, Ersin has, is, has secure hands and. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I think if you see the amount of money being spent on some of these players, then you do wonder why we can't get a 10 million or, or an 11 million offer for a guy like Ersin. And so I'll for say, example, actually, in that sense, I'll say that the one reason that I'm, <laughs> I'm sort of okay with Wellington being sold is yeah. we need to get into the habit of letting guys go before their contracts mm. run out. You know what I mean? Like we need to get, it, it, it's like a reflex. We need to like yeah. look to sell guys, right? Like this whole like making guys cadre DC and like, mm. you, you know, rotting them for a year or not, two re- not, or three. Not regi- yeah, yeah, where we're forced to not register players because we can't uh, have that many foreigners. And then of course today the big news is that uh, the, the Turkish Football Federation has changed the foreign rule again. To the exact amount does... that Fener has. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a little, uh, little, uh, yeah. And it's not I like a regular it. number, it's like 21. Like why not make it 20, you know what I'm saying? Like a little yes, 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 number yes, that it's very, has. It's very curious, it's like, oh, uh, you guys have 20 right now? Or you can sign one more, right? Uh, or do they have 21? I think they like, have 21, actually. It might be, but... But uh, they have an extra but, one when, when, like, Hall buys the... Yeah, yeah, but in the long run, this is, of course... It, it, for Fenerbahce right now, it's a big advantage because they have so many foreigners, and this allows them to uh, have a lot more squad depth. Uh, yeah, to uh, not devalue them. Yeah, that too, to an extent, at least. Uh, for us, right now, there's no real advantage to it because we simply don't have a lot of foreigners on the books apart from the ones that we are already going to register although it does mean a guy like Mbudu, uh is safe you know like and yeah. and maybe that Kenny transfer can actually go through now in theory possibly you know, in, in theory I guess I feel really bad for that guy by the way because I I know uh, <laughs> me too and there's a couple of those uh, that uh, that yeah. should have been Arau's second yellow yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> It's happening again. Jenka Jenka got sent off for less yesterday. I'm just saying. Dude. Um, Or the day before, even, I should say. Uh, But yeah. um, But even the fact that they were... Did you see how they were looking at at the Umrania goal? There was Mm. no cause Mm. for any of that. I wonder what excuse they even used to call in the VAR. I don't know. I I didn't particularly... Maybe he leaned or there was... uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, like you just wonder, like like they're, they're fishing, they're just looking for a way to cut it up. They had nothing. <laughs> um, anyway, let's let's wrap up this episode, folks. As always, uh, having Khan as a blast. Follow him on Twitter at Razarian, R A Z Z E R I A N. Uh, follow myself at Sir underscore Rights underscore A Lot. Uh, follow the podcast at Eagles underscore podcast or on Instagram, Black Eagles podcast, one word. Uh, stay tuned. Next week, we're playing Alanya um, 2.45 again here. So again, 9.45 locally. Of course, check your local listings. Never That's a nice, nice time for you, by the way, change. right? 2.45? Yeah, 2.45 is great. I could have a couple beers yeah. at, like after I lunch. wonder that's... I mean, obviously um, the heat is, is the main reason, but I wonder if that plays part in it as well because the matches are getting broadcasted in, uh, in the US now. Now that, now that it's happening. Yeah. 
Could be, um, but it's it's certainly welcome. More than like, I was at the end of last season. I was waking up at 5 a.m. <laughs> but before we go, Sidan, I wanna I wanna ask you a question. Like, what would you say is what do we need? I mean, apart from a Turkish central defender, like what would what kind of midfielder do you want to see? <sighs> you know, honestly, a hundred percent honestly, the most ideal scenario would have been us getting Okai Yokushlu as kind of the the next install like because Joseph is 33 mm. mm-hmm. yeah, so that would be the next like logical where he could fill that role and so ideally I, I wish there was a really solid Turkish central defensive midfielder and like honestly enough so that like that for me the ideal move still is Khan Ihan because it can actually fill both of those mm. roles and because yeah. of our like do we want to play this foreigner or that foreigner or whatever you know Joseph's out he's that or whatever it gives us that variability you know what I'm saying would, so would play... you would you would you feel justified in spending like say five million on Khan do you think that I would that we I should... would and then maybe get more of a like uh, prospect in the center like that the guy at Sivas or you know maybe he doesn't quite measure up but something along those lines that won't really impact us maybe like a young foreign foreigner kind of you know who might hit might not because again right with Kanaihan you could slide into that defensive midfield role um mm-hmm. yes, which would then enable us like it would it would just give us so much variability and flexibility like so for me honestly I'd shell it out for Kanaihan and do maybe you, spend a little bit less do you think we have enough creativity in the team I do I do I think that if Salih Uchan can get forward and, and like is allowed to commit to that, you know, he's sh- he's shown enough. I think he's really like ready to, to have a good season. You know, it's resuscitate his career, honestly, right? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, Jetson, we know he's shown a lot. I think you know, in, especially these last two matches, right? Like he he kind of got a slow start in the preseason, but I think to be fair, he was just getting his legs underneath him, his lungs. In shape, you know, and uh, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was good against Sampdoria, and I, I thought it was okay uh, um, the other day, uh, but not, I mean, not spectacular. But, uh, but so, I mean, to, just to reiterate though, like I, I feel like if we got a proper like defensive midfielder, I think Sally and Jetson being given the freedom, knowing that they have someone, you know, manning the defensive yeah. end of things, they could commit more and and probably be really successful i think you know i mean i think they'll probably be successful regardless at least certainly jetson looks like he will but so yeah that's that's my solution yeah let us know what you think what kind of midfielder bishta should get uh, yeah uh, tweeted at at eagles podcast or uh, and include us as well tag us and I, i i'd be very interested in hearing what uh, you know our listeners think uh, what what we need because uh, I, i think i have a little bit of a differing opinion from yours because uh, yeah, i you really want more creativity right yeah i want i really want someone that can bring you some goals because i don't see i don't see who's gonna score right now from the, this team apart from wehost muleka jenk Because Gezal is not the type of player that gets, you know, a lot of goals. Like this was his seventh seventh league goal for Besiktas in his third season. Oh, I mean, granted, the beginning of the third season. But um, I feel like we we definitely need someone that uh, that that that's, that can add something more. Like if you watched uh, Fener's game, was it who? Oh yeah, against Slovakko. You know, their 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 guy Lincoln scored uh, two goals, gave an assist. assist. Yeah. I really think. 
I really think we could use someone, not, not, not particularly like it, like says someone who is able to score from midfield and reliably so. A guy who can function as a 10? You know, a, a, guy, a guy that can get you 8 to 10 goals and maybe, you know, 7 or 8 assists on well, top see, of I'll that. I'll tell you what, this might be a hot take, but especially after his little stint at DJ score last season, Jetson, like, I wouldn't say that it's impossible for him to give us 8 to 10. Maybe more like 5 to 8, honestly, right? But, like, he, you know, no, again, I, like, I, and again, if, if he has someone behind him that he can rely on, that's... I really feel like it could be in him. He shows so much flair. I mean, obviously, we don't know that the finishing is quite there, but, I mean, remember those goals he scored for Jose last year were wild. Yeah, but well, he scored right with two. I mean, I could see Getson get, like, three to four to five, maybe. If you push it, and then you know Souza getting two or three, and maybe Sali getting two or three, but like I feel like all of those guys are like you know two to three goals a season, and I feel like you need in midfield you need someone that can like a Tumer, like a Sergen, like a right, you know right. Delgado, you know someone is gonna get you seven to eight goals reliably every season in the league. You know if you play you know thirty something games, you get seven or eight goals or whatever something. They're good. Young Turkish ten. That's the, that's the thing. I don't think there there really is right now. I mean, maybe we'll discover one this season. Maybe but uh, Najati, like, he was. Oh, that's worth mentioning. He got restored to the first team. Ah, okay, that's good. I mean, he's obviously a promising player, but he's like 17 years old. I don't know. He's Evran's kind of guy. He's got the flash. Emirhan was 17 as well, so hopefully. Don't forget Aydin Hasic too. He's still on the squad. Yeah, you know Aydin Hasic, but that's a foreigner again. You know, that's the yeah, best. That's that's, right. You know, that's and then, then, but of course, you know, if we're talking about bringing in the midfielder, we're gonna bring in a foreigner, and you know, and like the, the talk is kind of like a marquee guy, and then that that's also one of those things. You know, this Nadia Amiri that we've been talking about. Like, if I look at, at his, obviously, I'm, again, I should, I'm not gonna pretend here and say that I've watched. Leverkusen religiously, or I watched it this past half season at Genoa. But the thing is, you know, looking at his career statistics, I looked at him in a Y scout. He looks like he's got neat feet. He's got a little bit of passing game to him. He has a couple of nice, you know, goals where he takes the ball up the pitch for, you know, 20, 30 meters and then rams it in or something or links up well with other players. But again, if you look at his career statistics, it's again one of those players with, you know, three two to three goals a season that is not i feel like we need you know this is obviously every team would need a gerard or a lampard um talishka and that's not <laughs> yeah i mean talishka uh he's obviously nowhere near the player he was uh just a few years ago but that's normal you know age is gonna get to every player eventually you know even atiba at some point when he's like 50. uh but yeah i mean yeah, we've, we've gone off for a rat. We're way off time you, yeah. <laughs> uh, one final thing. Let's go, Messi! Peace out, everyone.
Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this program.